<sighs> yeah, until part two gets released. And then, well, now I have to have Ricky. Now I have to have Ricky's little Santa Claus get up and garbage day. What's going on here? I knew it. I have faith in you. And it's it's a bit too Donald Pleasancy. I gravitate towards the dark. You're so full of shit right now. Do I really need to get into the plot of this movie? No. Okay. Thank you. That's a good location. Isn't Jeff back there, too? He's, he's back behind Tinsel oh. Sound somewhere. Stutzman? Yeah. Oh, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> and well, welcome to the show. Yeah. That's, the, that's, that's our beginning. I, yeah. I, I thought that's what I'm going to do for an intro from now on. Let's just do our normal pre-show until somebody says something stupid, and that's the beginning. <laughs> the beginning. I'm Eric Marner. And I'm Eugene Weaver. <laughs> oh, that's great. <sighs> Speaking of friends, I bumped into Brother Ned here this week, uh, and he hooked me up with a half a bottle of Glenlivet. Mm. Ah, nice, nice. And I got and into had the... lo- He had lots of compliments about the show. So he's oh, good. Listening. Good. Yeah. Now, the, uh, the Bush Mills, I... I've never seen that because I had a bo- I got a bottle of Bush Mills and I I just know the regular bottle of Bush Mills. What's this re- the red kind that I got? Have you heard of that? I have no idea. I didn't get a close look at the label. Is it cinnamon or something? No, it's it tastes just like regular Bush Mills, but it's I think it's called Red Bush. Or I, uh, d- I which is, is it, kind of odd. Is it aged more or anything? No, it's the same price to me. I huh. <clears throat> I don't know. Maybe there's maybe marketing ploy. Who knows? I don't know, but I well, actually let me just make sure. Yeah, Red Bush, uh, Bush Mills Irish whiskey. I mean, it's the literally the taste tastes the same to me, and it, I think it's the same price. But uh, yeah, I, my after my first sip, that's when all hell broke loose at the theater with sound issues and uh, yeah. So anyway, tonight or no, 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 no. This was oh, the other uh, night. Yeah, yeah okay. when I took that picture of uh, the Devil's Rain and Bush Mills, I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. here we go. Mm-hmm. Except my evening was not going to go like that. Yeah, wow. So, anyway, but, um, yeah, so that's, uh, that's what I'm rocking. Cool. Well, yeah. I, I had a sip of the, of the Glen before the show started, but I'm, I'm back on the usual. <laughs> oh, oh, so you're, the, the Glen limit is reserved for. Yeah, I have one to start my evening. Okay. And then I, that's it because, because it's too good and I want to make it last. And then I'll tell you what, as much as we brag about the usual stuff and how great it is, you can go from Glen limit to that. Oh, yeah. it's swill. Yeah. It's absolute swill. Yeah. But And the same honestly yeah. the same applies for Bush Mills. It's like I uh I had some of it last night actually, like when I really could enjoy it, and I'm like, this is like even at a mid twenty dollar level, but that's what it is essentially, is you know, yeah. mid twenty dollars. It's like this is significantly better than everything else that both you and I drink pretty much on a regular <laughs> basis. Well, yeah, and the first time I had Bush Mills it was on ice with a lime, and that is the way to have it. Huh. Maybe a little splash of water or something. Yeah. Oh, so good. So good. It's like Glenlivet, you suck the ice cubes. Yes. Yep. <laughs> a little bit of flavor residue in there. Yeah. And this will be it for like after my Glenlivet, or after my Glenlivet, after my uh, Bush Mills, I'm, I'm back to the, uh, back to the Canadian guy with the, with the, the thing, uh, <laughs> dogs. And I, I wish that they would go full on with that and like have like John Carpenter's The Thing Creature on that bottle. <laughs> A special edition for October. Yes. I mean, you got the dog sled. You, you got the, yeah. the the dogs from the movie. So it's like, let's go full on. Like, the guy should be McCready, and then the dogs should be transforming into the hideous beast. 
Right. I, I would agree. buy that all week long. <laughs> <laughs> I would too. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously. So. Uh, okay. How are things otherwise? Uh, good. I mean, it's been a really, 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 I always say it, but really, really busy last couple of days, but things are, things are in order, uh, so to speak. So that's, that's good. For the time being. For the time being, yes. But, uh, hey, we're here to talk movies and not our, our stressful outside lives. Yep. Normal lives. Normal, yes. Okay. And you? Uh, How about you? Good? Oh, yeah. Same old, same old. I, you know, this time of year, I love the time change. It's great for me. But at the same time, I hate it because we go to this perpetual sunset thing that mm. I hate. Like, I, if it's overcast, I'm good. Because I, you know, I drive a lot, so I, I can see, and I don't have the sun blurring my eyes. But when it gets to sun-setting time, I start getting real tired eyes. And right, right what we have right now is, the sun starts setting at about mm, 10.30 a.m., I think. Oh, it's ridiculous. And, and I By 2 o'clock this afternoon, I was like, I feel like I should be drinking. Isn't it about 7? And it's like, nope, it's 2 o'clock. Yeah. Ugh. Don't like that at all, yeah. but... And it actually makes me more tired earlier in the evening, uh, as far as like, like okay, the kids are in bed, now I'm going to have a drink and start watching a movie and then snore, drink and laugh. Oh, by the time it actually gets dark, I perk up. I, oh, really? I get, Just because, I, okay, it's evening time, it's, you know, it's actually dark. But that sunset, man, it kills me for whatever reason. My body just thinks that it's about time to chill out mode and it's like, no, it's still morning. Yeah. Good luck with that. Yep. Okay, anyway. Let's get on to the roulette where we dive in the ocean of cinema and try and find those gems in the rough. And last week it was ripped up against Alice. Sweet Alice. And you get to go first. Okay. Um, so, Alice, sweet Alice, because this is a slasher slash... Oh, here we go. Slasher slash uh, giallo. And it is. It's kind of a... I think this is an American uh, production, uh, but it's very much uh, Giallo-esque. It, it feels like kind of sort of like an Italian Giallo movie, uh, not as good, uh, but it's uh, it's okay. Um, Brooke Shields is in it. Uh, it has a really cool intro, which I'm going to kind of spoil the intro, uh, but uh, uh, there's a pretty grisly murder uh burning uh, this... I think we talked about it last yeah. week a little bit. Yeah. And that that was a one of the highlights of the movie. Uh it, the movie is way 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 too long as a kind of a who done it type of uh thing. It's, it, again, it's giallo type stuff where you're expecting this person to be the killer, but actually it's this person you see mm-hmm. it has a couple effective scares in it that uh, for the time in the 70s, works really well. There's a clear mask that is worn, and it's genuinely creepy. Uh, the violence level is relatively low. It's not... Um, I, again, this is this is before the huge slasher boom started in the uh, in America. So it it's almost there. It's like in between Black Christmas and Halloween. It's um, it's I don't know. It's kind of kind of forgettable. I I. I I was a bit bored, but I didn't hate it. It was it was okay for a watch. I don't think that you would like it uh, because, to me, I think that the older Italian giallos are definitely better than this. At least some of them are. Uh, 
it you know has a twist ending uh, most of the people in the movie I didn't much care for but they weren't obnoxious like today's movies it definitely sounds like something you're going to import from a label and watch three more times and grow to love and something yeah. that I will never like possibly yeah I mean I will say this having said that I would like to see a, a better version of it than what I did it's where did you watch it uh Amazon Prime oh okay there you go yeah wow. but it's still I would like to see it like in a really really cleaned up version and sometimes those movies when you start to watch the special features and you get even more backstory on it it makes it a little bit more interesting I guess and uh, it was good for a one time, or in my case, probably another four or five until, like you said, it's like a pack of cigarettes and eventually I'm, yeah. my lungs are gonna like this. Damn it. So, yeah, yeah for, for, for a roulette, it was middle of the road for this year. How's that? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and for me, ripped. After waking up from a 30 year nap brought on by a CIA engineered pot, two stoner pals are fatter and balder, but they still think like teenagers. And you can kind of, Paint by numbers with this movie. You can see where it's going to go from the trailer and kind of doesn't really uh, deviate too much from that kind of idea. It's an interesting idea that these guys get so ripped they uh, <clears throat> take a 30-year nap. It's, it's kind of funny, that, but uh, it's, it's besieged with a one-idea-note joke, which is, well, we didn't have this in 1986. What is this? What is the internet? What is electric cars? What is cell phones, what is, you know, all the technology and stuff. Skype, what's that? Uh, yeah, that's 90 minutes of those kinds of jokes, and it's all right. There's also a lot of stoner jokes and pot jokes and whatever, and it's fine. Uh, these movies were a lot funnier uh, a lifetime ago when I smoked lots of weed, and we would watch them over and over and over and over and over again. Um, but I don't smoke weed anymore, so, eh. Yeah, it's all right. It's painless. There were some funny parts. Um, yep. It was on in the background. Okay. It's fine. Yeah. You know, it's one of those movies where some people are going to absolutely love it. Other people will absolutely hate it. And most of the world's probably just right in the middle. Like, all right, whatever. I, will I be watching again? Probably not. I'm good. Yeah. Okay. I will probably skip it. It's a, cause it's a comedy and eh, if it would be like, no, that was a, that was a Knights of Badassdom. Okay. Now I'm in. Yeah. It's no. Yeah. No. I would say it's for that kind of idea of, a, for a stoner comedy that, that subgenre, it's too long. Especially when there's a, a section in the, you know, again, between the second and third act where it's just like put, 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 putter, putter, putter over here, over here. It's like, all right, I don't care. Whatever. Yeah. That was my movie as well. I'm like, come on, there's a good 15 minutes that could have been cut out of this, and we would have still got the point, but yeah. yeah. So. All right, next round. Okay. First up for you is, this is a little bit different here, but uh, let's see how this goes. I'm going to throw a, a episode one of a new TV series that's on Netflix. It's only seven episodes, so this is one where if you like it, then you're welcome. <laughs> uh, it's called Godless. It's a Western starring Jeff Daniels. And oh, I watched this trailer. Did you see the trailer for this? No, I didn't. I just read the synopsis and I'm like, you know what? That sounds pretty darn good. Uh, the trailer was, was badass. Oh, nice. Okay. Well, that's good. Uh, yeah. and the, the first episode is 70 minutes. Actually, they, they all seem to teeter right around that time. So, uh, but that's kind of cool. So you've get, you get, if it's good, you get seven, 
really short movies, maybe. So yeah. there you go. Uh, Frank Griffin and outlaw terrorizing the nine, the 1800s American West hunts down Roy Good, his partner turned enemy. Roy hides out at a ranch as Frank's chase leads him to La Bella, New Mexico, a town mysteriously made up entirely of women. So I am guessing that there's going to be lots of sex. Um, Why? It's all women. Yeah. Oh, well, well, yeah, Amazon and uh, I'm going well, nowhere the, with that. <laughs> no, the trailer in the trailer, they explained what happened to all the men. It's a mining community and all the men were down in the shaft and something exploded. Oh, OK. So it's not yeah. going to be. Okay. It's not a community of lesbians. OK, gotcha. OK, uh, godless. And next up is uh, again, the uh, the pickings can be a bit slim on uh, Netflix from time to time. So bear with me here. I through your way residue from 2017 hour and 22 minutes. So that's already plus plus right there. Uh private investigator reads a book of sinister origins and unknowingly puts his daughter and himself in a fight for their lives and their eternal souls. And I did watch the trailer for this. It does look, it looks Netflixy, but it looks entertaining. So, and it's short runtime. That's good. And uh, last but not least, another one that I had uh thrown up, on the roulette uh, survivalist <clears throat> and that's uh, the guy and the two ladies and, and post-apocalyptic and stuff and, <laughs> meh, it might be something I think that uh, Shout Factory picked that up for a Blu-ray release so there's at least huh, some, that's something. something yeah that's something I mean they their brand new movie releases have been hit and miss like movies that have just been made are spotty but there are some gems in there so that might be something there you go all right and for you bushwick uh when their diverse neighborhood is besieged by a mysterious militia a grad student and an ex-marine become an unlikely team in a battle for survival starring dave batista i thought that was an interesting synopsis and he's in it i'm throwing beyond the gates your way again we've talked about that one in the last few episodes and War on Everyone. I think I might have thrown this on the roulette at one point or another, but I went and actually watched the trailer this time, and yeah, this looks really good. Well, for a roulette. Terry and Bob excel at blackmailing small-time crooks, but when the two cops target a big score, they learn not all criminals are easily intimidated. Starring Alexander Skarsgård, Michael Pena, Theo James, and Paul Reiser. Good cast. Good <clears throat> cast. The trailer was awesome. It looks like a an action thriller with smidges of kind of dark comedy in it. Not not a full-on, like, comedy adventure action movie, but it definitely has that kind of tone, like The Rundown or something like that, maybe. Gotcha. Okay. Actually, The Rundown would probably be funnier than this. I, I'd put it... That's what I got off the trailer. Okay. But it definitely looked like a, a solid film. I'm actually a bit surprised that uh, Dave Bautista is in this Bushwick movie. Uh, he seems to... You know, he's not Dwayne Johnson yet, but like he's in some pretty high-profile movies, being Blade Runner, James Bond, and then of course Guardians of the Galaxy. It's like the guy's getting some pretty big roles, and this this seems like a dumping on Netflix type of movie. It does, but he is in it, and I'm like, yeah. he hasn't really missed super big like a lot of the other WWE actors or wannabe actors have. Yeah, that's very true. Like, was he was in the. Uh, Oh, that that kung fu type movie. Yeah, the um, oh, it was with John Claude Van Damme. It was the remake of JCVD's Kickboxer or something. 
Oh, what? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that was a good movie. So he's getting some... Yeah, I'm impressed. Um, but I, boy, I'll tell you what. Um, I'm thinking beyond the gates to just get that off the list. <laughs> well, for nothing else, I don't think it'll leave a bad taste in your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I, I'm, I'm hoping for as good, maybe better than Alice Sweet Alice. We'll see. I'm also hoping for better than that, and that's why I'm going to dive on that godless. I wanted to kind of check that out anyway, and those other two, uh, uh, it is light right now at Netflix. But Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll, I want to give that one a shot, and it's a Netflix original, so that ultim- uh, that raises it, in my opinion, right off the bat. Actually, I'm glad that you picked godless, because that's, that's great if it turns out to be a, actually a really good show that, you know, I've got you to watch a whole season of something, maybe. <laughs> yep. We'll see. All right, there you go. Next episode, it will be Godless up against Beyond the Gates. Nice. <sighs> yeah, actually, I gotta get a I, tissue. I, I, yeah, me too. That was that was that was such an emotional moment. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> allergies. <laughs> okay, and with that, uh, we both have a ton of movies to talk about, so let's just go to recently watched. Have a nice casual chit-chat and derail about movies and yada, 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 like we always do. Uh, you're up first, sir. Okay. What you been watching? Well, uh, you know Eugene. It's, um, any time is a good time to start on a hammer kick again. So, uh, we got a <laughs> lot of hammer to cover tonight. And, and everybody hits stop on the show. <laughs> um. You are going to talk about Justice League tonight, Oh, right? very much so. That okay, was what okay. I was referring to when we... Yeah. Yeah, I'll, okay. I'll get to that. Okay. Um, now, did I Hammer talk time. About, did, oh, there you go. Did I talk about Dahmer last week? Like the Jeremy Renner Dahmer? I don't remember. I don't think so. Wasn't there... There's also a new Dahmer movie out, isn't there? That's what we have playing at the theater right now, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, okay, we've mentioned that before, at least. Okay. We've talked about that a little bit. Okay, I'm going to Wait, get Jeremy that. Renner's in that movie? His first... Okay, we're going to talk about that. Okay, go f- Okay. <laughs> so, no hammer time. <laughs> <laughs> no hammer time yet. Okay, we'll get to hammer time. Okay, so, first up is a movie that I watched uh, because of the recently released My Friend Dahmer that's doing quite well. Uh, I watched the Jeremy Renner starring 2002 Dahmer, and he actually plays Jeffrey Dahmer in the movie. Okay, now I'm, I understand what you're talking about. Yeah, so this is, uh, this is back... Uh, you know, a, a little while ago. Um, this was his first, well, one of his very first roles that he was in. Uh, I really wanted to like this movie because I've, uh, I, I've, I hate to say I'm been, I've been fascinated by Jeffrey Dahmer. I'm not, but it's, it, the whole, his whole story is, is interesting, I guess. And I was hoping that because of this, huge accolades that this My Friend Dahmer is getting, which is basically Jeffrey Dahmer's teenage years and how he started to become what he later became. Um, I was hoping that this would be something similar to that. And uh, unfortunately, it is not. It is a kind of a low-budget mishmash of uh, jumping forward to him post killings to going back to his high school years, like as a Jeremy Renner with silly looking glasses on trying to make himself look like a teenager. Mm-hmm. And then everything in between it continually is jumping to different times. And it's like, you don't convince me that Jeremy Renner is any younger or older in any one scene. And it's like, Oh, I gotcha. Yeah. And it, like, there's only a few sets. It's like his, his 
apartment slash house that he lives in with his parents and uh, a gay bar that he was frequenting and like a, a shop where he buys a knife. There's only a couple sets and you, the movie whole, the whole thing reeks of very cheap production value. Uh, still shot on film, so I guess there's that, but it just for as and I this type of movie you're. I'm, I don't necessarily have to see gory, gross stuff because it's, this is real, this is real, yeah. this is what really happened, but it just felt bland and almost TV movie of the week-ish, and it didn't have really any gut punch moments. It was just uh, average acting in a low-budget movie, um, but, but you know what? Uh, cheers to Jeremy Renner for kind of breaking out and becoming a, you know, a really big Star, a good actor too. Like I, I, I think that his breaking into the mainstream for me at least was the uh, Twenty Eight Weeks Later, where he was a soldier in that. Yeah, that yeah. was like oh. he kicked ass in that movie, and from that point on, it just I think I think that his career kind of went up. But this is kind of a forgettable. I'll never ever watch again. Hour and forty one minutes is way, way, way too long. Uh, Anyway, yeah, it's a one and done, but it's it's interesting that this is kind of a footnote in that in that guy's story, you know, his his life. And there's another movie called Oh, there's another Dahmer movie that was made, and it's I guess even lower budget than this, but I think it's a bit more exploitative than this. Wasn't Michael Rooker in in a Dahmer movie? Or uh, no, movie? well he it's was in. Yeah, that was similar. I mean, it was a it's similar, a serial killer. What is it? Yeah. What was that called? Man, that, now that movie was uncomfortable. What was that called? I have never watched it. Oh man, that that was a that was an effective movie. Now, and that if they would have done that with this movie, it could have been quite good. Because even that, what the hell was that movie called? Now I have to know. I'm looking. Okay. Um. Anyway, and we're playing Wheel of Cinema. <laughs> yes, of course. But that was a very low budget, but very effective movie. And it wasn't that graphic, but it was extremely mean spirited. And, and the subject matter is, you know, a serial killer. It felt very real. And this just felt very stagey, setty, nah. So. Um, I'm looking here. Boy, I feel like a, what year was that? I feel like I should Oh, that was a long time ago, like early 90s. Early 90s, maybe? wasn't it? Yeah. There was Henry. a whole. Henry, Henry Portrait of a Serial Yes. There was a uh, home invasion scene in that movie that is that kind of the centerpiece of the movie that is I still remember I've only watched that movie probably once and I still remember that scene as a this feels entirely way too real. I don't like this. This is not fun. But in a well made. That was a well made because it affected me. There's nothing in this movie here that remotely affected me other than yeah, Jeremy Renner. He's gonna be he's gonna be a big actor someday, but not yet. I like Rook. I like Rooker. I always think of uh, him and the Replacement Killers. That's the first movie that always pops up. For oh me yeah, we. I think you and I saw that in the theater together. Yes, we did. Oh yeah, that was a good movie. Okay, Dahmer, no no go for you. Nope. Okay. Anything else? Nope. Uh, that's another it. one. We got plenty of time, sir. Um. Uh, is there anything else that uh, I want to get off the list before I get into? Stop hammer time. Um, did I talk about the being? I don't think I did. I think you did. I did. See, this is what happens when it, you know, drinks are poured. When and inadequate notes are taken? Yes, and that too. <laughs> um, uh, nothing here. Okay, well, 
I'm going to get this movie here off my recently watched list, and that is Raw Meat, also known as Deathline. This is one that I have seen for years and years and years on the video shelf, and then just I've heard about it, but I'm like, eh, it's early 70s and uh, probably isn't good. Uh, But Blue Underground released it on Blu-ray, so yay, we got to check it out now. And I'm happy to report that this is a this is a pretty good movie. It's extremely bizarro English type horror, um, and not not really hammer horror, which I'm gonna get into later. It's more oh boy, um, like for its time, it was set in the present day, and it's basically about this this guy that lives in the uh, subway system in England that. Uh, or no, is it in Scotland that uh, is feasting on people? He's a cannibal, and he lives down there, and he's got a wife down there. And um, I'll tell you, the what this movie gets right is the underground lair that this guy lives in it looks genuinely creepy. And there's one particular scene in the movie that uh, is kind of the I'm going to say the money shot, and it's going to be fairly early on, so it's kind of spoilery. But come on, it's 1972, so. If you haven't seen it, oh well. Um, where the camera really, really slowly just pans through this guy's living quarters. And there's just all various sorts of decaying corpses in there. And it is so realistic and really, really gross and highly effective. Like, I'm like, this is, this is lasting way too long and there's like no music to it. I'm like, we're just seeing lingering shots of corpses and like all one long take. Uh, but it, it, it really made the rest of the movie much more creepy, you know, when you see this bearded, weird hobo guy living in, you know, in the subway t- tunnels. And, but then we get into the, uh, frolicking Scotland couple that, uh, they go on dates and they're investigating and it's an investigation and it starts to get boring. <laughs> Donald Pleasance shows up and he is, I'm not sure if the director just said, uh, Donald Pleasance be as goofy, weird, uh, over the top acting as you possibly can and action because that's what it is. And it's, I don't know if I've ever seen him be anything but Donald Pleasance in a Don- Donald oh, Pleasance role. This is, this is like Donald Pleasance amped up to 11 and it's, it's a bit too Donald Pleasancey. Like, <laughs> it's, I like Donald Pleasance, but I like, I like Halloween Donald Pleasance, not. A little more, um, oh shit, I was gonna say Kojak Donald Pleasance, not Kojak. Um, <laughs> shit. Yeah. Oh, that was such a good reference. The hmm. fucking guy, the TV show, the detective in the 80s, that was like, oh, I see that you got this here. And who, um, what the fuck the is his Equalizer? Name? Michael Caine? He, he dressed like Donald Pleasance in Halloween. He had the overcoat and the... Huh. He hobbled around and had the squinty eye. It was a detective show in the 80s. You don't remember? I don't remember. Shit! <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well... Fuck it. I've, I'm just going to delete all this out. And okay. C- carry on from okay. he was too Donald Pleasancey. Yeah, so... Uh, it was just bizarro. And it felt like they were trying to be funny, but... To me, it's like, uh, you have a really creepy story here, and this guy is gross and everything, and I'm like, you don't really need that weird comic style going on here. It doesn't quite work. So, it's kind of a hit and miss bag, but the Blu-ray looks fantastic, of course, and uh, it was an interesting watch, and I'm, it's one that I'm sure that I'm going to revisit, especially for 
the good in it does outweigh the bad. So, okay. Uh, it's one. It's, it's Columbo one, is the reference Columbo, I was going for. Yes. Uh, but it's one that eventually I'm going to want you to watch just to get your opinion on to see what you think. Uh, so okay. Anyway, back to you. Uh, okay, I want to get this one crossed off the list first because you reviewed it last week and caused a bit of a stir, sir, by saying that you turned it off after five minutes. Uh, Camp Killer, and we had a comment on the Facebook page. Movie uh, Facebook.com slash MovieFreaksPod. You can always go there and leave us a message or a comment. We will always respond, no matter what it is. And he said that, he basically said that he didn't think it was very fair to turn a movie off after five minutes. And he wanted us to reevaluate after watching 30 minutes. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and disagree. It is okay to turn a movie off after five minutes. I'm not saying your movie or this movie, if you had anything to do with it. I'm saying that if you start a movie and you're not into it, it's totally acceptable to turn it off at any point. I don't have a problem with that. I, and I will defend anybody's right to do it. I know people that have turned off The Dark Knight halfway through because they hated it. Mm, yeah. Fine. Not every movie is for everybody. It's it's quite all right. Uh, so I did watch, actually watched 40 minutes of Camp Killer. And I realized why he wanted us to do that is because there's kind of a reveal at about the 30, 35 minute mark or whatever. That kind of turns the story a little bit on its head. It was interesting. Uh, but I still turned it off because this is, movie is not for me. And I have a th- kind of a theory about this kind of movie is like, okay, Eugene is the horror guy. He adores horror movies. If you, I have seen his Blu-ray collection. I've seen his DVD collection. If you guys would see it, you'd be like, you're obsessed with horror. And he is. I am. Uh, there also is another subgenre of horror fan. Which is, uh, and I, I, this has to be because I've seen plenty of these movies that they don't care about acting. They don't care about plot. They don't care about lighting. They don't care about anything else except I want to see that fake blood splashed around. And I've bought box sets of these movies where I'm like, oh, there's a whole bunch of horror movies for super cheap. And I pick them up and I gave you a box set of them once. Yes, you did. Was, you remember that type oh, of movie yeah. that I'm talking about? I do. Yes. Okay. Where, it's just somebody's homemade thing. And you know what? If that's what you're into, God bless. I don't care. Watch whatever you want. That's fine. That just doesn't happen to be for you or me. Or else for me. Maybe you more, but not me. But I do know people. We both know people personally that are like that. That love those kinds of movies. Yeah. And God bless. You know, you'll you'll find your uh, audience. Yeah. And that one, uh, I actually read a... 7 out of 10 review for Camp Killer today on Arrow in the Head. You know what? If you can even get reviewed by Arrow in the Head, that's a pretty big step. Good for you. Yeah. Uh, get a good score. All right. Whatever. It's that's everybody yeah. likes different shit. So and, and for and, and going along with that, like I even and I've even let you borrow some of them. Like I'm even tolerant of shot on VHS stuff. Some of that stuff I can appreciate uh, even even though it's like really crappy quality. Uh, but just it. I have a hard time, and not just with super low budget, new shot on HD stuff, as we talk about every week, um, but like the super low budget stuff all the way to the relatively decent budgeted stuff, I just have a hard time getting into, especially the horror stuff nowadays. It's just, I just don't like it. 
I don't. I I want my horror shot on film and from the 70s and 80s. And if you're going to make a movie now, it better be something special, I guess you could say. Yeah, and I'm, I know that it sounds like I'm being diplomatic with this. Yeah. Because while we do trash movies on this show quite a... I mean, from time to time, I mean, we do the roulette. We're try, trying to find the ones that miss the radar that we can herald in the light. Uh, at no point are we ever going to tell somebody to stop making movies. Yeah. And I think he's only made one or two. Keep going, man. And obviously you're going to find an audience for it, for it. And maybe one day it'll make something we do like. It doesn't matter. We don't have, not everybody has to be your audience. Um, now all that being said, I will dive into some of the technicals if you want some legit criticism of it. It's like the, I mean, that opening thing was 20 minutes till we got to your title card. It, It was, I checked. It was 20 minutes. Oh. I, I was like, what is going on here? And then, like, while they're sitting around the campfire, you know, I got writing issues with that. Because the guy, that what they're talking about is they're arguing about whether or not the guy should tell them the legend of why they're up there. They argue, for, like, about whether or not they should tell the story for, like, five minutes. Now, who talks like that? I don't know anybody that talks like that. And then at one point, the this was after you had turned it off, uh, the girl gets up and says, I have to go take a pee. And then they're like, okay, just be careful. And she goes, all right. And unzips her coat, shows her, flashes her boobs, and then goes and squats. And everybody's like, ha, 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 ha. And it's like, what is that? <laughs> what does that mean? I, 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 huh? It's just random stuff. I mean, I'll give you this, though. For being a low to no budget film, your, your gore effects and your kills and stuff were creative and interesting. That was cool. But again, that's where I thought this, this is who this appeals to. That it's those people that like that box set that I gave you yeah. of the, those movies. And that's fine. I don't, you know, that's cool. I'm never going to tell somebody to stop making movies. We're not those kinds of pricks. Yeah. Just so happens to be that your movie wasn't for us. Yep. I agree. And I like that you're diplomatic about that. Cause I was, you know, I, yeah, I had my little comedy bit with the five minute thing, but you are yeah, absolutely we're just right. joking around trying yeah. to make each other laugh. And, and, and uh, I appreciated that the comment that he left, he wasn't being a dick. Yes. He was I just, agree. he was, and you know what? That's a, that's a totally fair criticism to say, too. And you know what? If somebody's going to turn your movie off after five minutes, you shouldn't care what their opinion is of it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, really. It, we're obviously not the audience that yeah. you're trying to find. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like I said, if somebody can turn off The Dark Knight halfway through, I, why would I Any ever talk be... to them about comic book movies? Yeah. I, I, you know, that's my wheelhouse. I would never talk to them about, or I wouldn't care what their opinion is of them. Um. That's just the nature of the beast, man. So, anyway, Camp Killer. There's that. I did. I did watch 40 minutes of it. Then I was like, eh. I I had. I had to stop at the. the, See, after the reveal of what was kind of going on in the plot, it made sense why he wanted you to do that. But after the reveal of what was going on in the plot, there was more dialogue where they were explaining things a little bit. And the one actor, it was just a second, and it's such a bitchy nitpick. But he turned and looked at the camera, and I'm like, your actors aren't experienced enough. And it's like, surely you can find a little bit more experienced actors. I know people want to, at that low a budget, you want to put your friends in and stuff, but you could have used another take or a, a, you could have cut away to a, a, a different angle where it's on the other guy. There's a million things you could have done to get rid of that thing where the guy just turns and looks at the camera. Oh, and so that wasn't a breaking the fourth wall. That was no. legit. Oh, ooh. okay. <laughs> no, that was not. It, so just things like that where it's, uh, I'm out. That's... Okay, uh, over to you. Um, do you, do you want to do another one, or just taking uh, care of that one? 
Let me see here. I'll just do a real here. Master of the Flying Guillotine. I rewatched that one, and it's still really cool. I, I don't think it's the greatest kung fu movie of all time like you do, but I've seen a million more than you have. Yeah. It's still yeah. a cool movie. I quite enjoyed it. I watched it on the Pluto TV in a very nice, I don't know if it was HD, but it sure looked it. It was Damn. very nice widescreen transfer. That is seriously one of my most wanted Blu-rays right there, because that movie, that's, that's my favorite kung fu movie, is Jimmy Wang Yu just whipping ass, and the praying, oh, praying mantis dude, and oh, I love that movie. <laughs> I wonder how many credits he has, because he's been <laughs> in a billion movies, oh my god. Yeah, that's actually, that's actually the one kung fu movie that my wife watched with me, liked, and we still joke about it every now and then. <laughs> she knows, she knows the master of the flying guillotine. I, I think that's great. I love that movie. Yeah, anyway. that's awesome. Okay, right, back to you. Okay, uh, so we're going to get into some hammer horror now. And I'm going to start with a recent Blu-ray purchase called Scars of Dracula. Now, all of these at some point or another, I am imagining that I've talked about on our show. But I want to try to bring some something new here so that we don't get boring. And uh, this would be the Blu-ray review of Scars of Dracula. The only other versions I've ever watched of this movie were I actually bought this off of Vudu for, I don't know, a couple bucks or whatever it was. And it's the standard definition. Uh, VH, or not VHS, but DVD-ish quality. Uh, so it was whatever. Um, I'm just, I'm used to, I, I like my... I like my stuff HD, uh, looking nice. Uh, and Scars of Dracula looks stunning on Blu-ray. I think that because Blu-ray came out 10 years ago, we have seen such an evolution of this format to where a movie like this, if this would have came out back in 2007, uh, it, it would have probably, probably looked like a really, really, really good DVD. And now this movie looks uh, incredible. I mean, the, the remaster job on this movie, it makes a, what is obviously a low budget hammer movie, uh, look like a grand thing to me. Uh, like, wow, this looks like, even though there's some matte paintings, whatever, and some of the sets look kind of fake, it feels like a much bigger budget, budgeted movie. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean. Um, and the sound is, of course, incredible. Uh, but this one here, I have come to appreciate more and more, and especially this time because of Blu-ray. Uh, there's a 20 minute making of on this thing. That is, that's really fascinating as to what went into this movie and how Hammer was at this point already starting to try to sex things up a little bit with their movies. This is 1970 and this is when they had to keep pushing the boundaries because there were other movies, other companies coming along doing more, you know, boundary pushing stuff. And, uh, Christopher Lee is especially in this, and I'm, do I really need to get into the plot of this movie? It's, no. Okay. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but Christopher Lee is especially sinister in this one. He talks a lot more than he does in the other ones. And he's like more of just like a, a really evil murdering slasher bastard in this thing for some reason. He just, it's almost like he's playing Christopher Lee, but he puts on some fangs and some red contact lenses. I'm like, you did kind of feels like this is kind of how you would be in real life. Just this big, just mean murderous prick. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. I just, he, it's like, he seems, because he talks more in this. And oh. I'm like, it's just that, his styling, the way he does things. <laughs> That's know. right. I felt the same way after the two towers. You just kind of, I, I feel like you're just kind of a guy who lives in a tower and, yes. and casts spells and stuff. Yes. And, and it's <laughs> like, when I see Christopher Lee as Dracula, I'm like, you know, I think that you really were Dracula. And then, like, you would, 
like paint your face regular whatever and go out and you'd just be like regular Christopher Lee. Sure, yeah. you're Christopher Lee. Also known uh, as He's Stephen Dorff putting on suntan lotion. Yes. And blade. That's him. <laughs> yeah. And somewhere I'm guessing Steve, uh, I'm guessing that Christopher Lee is still alive somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Yes. He, just ha- he has a new name now. Yes. <laughs> new social security <laughs> but anyway, it's a great movie. Uh, it's not. It doesn't quite reach the heights of something like uh, Dracula, uh, Prince of Darkness, which is my favorite Dracula movie, uh, probably my favorite vampire movie of all time. Uh, but it's still quite good, and the Blu-ray looks great. And I'd let you borrow it, but it's Region B. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Go ahead. Next. Uh, okay. Next up is. Uh, another Hammer movie, and this one is Kiss of the Vampire. And this is actually one of where I'm not sure if I've talked about this movie on our show or not. Isn't um, there a Nicolas Cage movie with that title? There is. And this is in no relation to that, I would imagine. Uh, this is this is the earlier 60s, and so very, very different from Scars of Dracula. This has a lot more... For its time, pushing the boundaries, but very tame in comparison to what was to come, like with Scars of Dracula. This is not a, this is not a Christopher Lee Dracula movie. This is, and there is no Peter Cushing in this. What this movie does have, and this is the same old, same old couple people are stuck and they have to go to this castle because that's the only place. And of course, that's where vampires live. And there you go. There's your story. But what's cool about this movie is there's a scene uh, towards the end where there's this big, this big party in this castle. And I mean, I'm sure that Stanley Kubrick did not get his scene from Eyes Wide Shut from this movie, but damn, does it look similar? Like the masks in this movie, I'm like, oh, wow, this immediately makes me think of Eyes Wide Shut with just the really creepy masks. Uh, Is there an orgy going on with the masks too? Uh, no, but I don't want to. I don't want to say too much about it. But it's they're seducing a lady. All of them are in. All of them are in on it because they're all vampires, and they're. It's kind of. It's it has a sexualized feel to the whole thing, and okay, uncomfortable. Like for a movie that is essentially probably PG rated, it's an uncomfortable last twenty twenty five minutes, uh, and it's a cool movie. Uh, not quite reaching the heights of the Christopher Lee Dracula movies, but it's still a fun movie and uh, it's got all of the gothic British type stuff that I love from that era. This is like, this is, I, I love this stuff. It's fascinating to me how movies were made back then. And like, it's like one studio and here's the location. We're going to reuse sets and reuse a lot of the same actors and directors and just make a whole shit ton of really cool, weird, you know, horror movies, action movies, you name it. I, I love hammer. <laughs> so there you go. Kiss of the Vampire. That's on Blu-ray as well from uh, another country. <laughs> Great. <laughs> okay. Back to you. Uh, let's check off a couple of Marvel movies real quick here. Not going to spend a ton of time on these for one specific reason. So, my good buddy Dave hooked me up with a bunch of voodoo codes and restocked up my voodoo for the, a lot of the summer releases. Thank you very much, sir. And both of these movies that I'm going to review, I'm not going to give a grade to because I want to rewatch them. They both have an asterisk besides this viewing because it was, hey, let's sit down with the family and the kids and they'll be all right and watch a movie. And 
<laughs> boys bouncing all over the place and making popcorn and people talking and asking questions and who's that and what's going on and pause, I gotta go to the bathroom and not, you know, you know how that goes. And it's tough when you're trying to enjoy the movie and watch it and keep track of what's going on. Guardians of the Galaxy 2 and Spider-Man Homecoming. Guardians of the Galaxy 2 I liked, but I didn't like near as much as the first one. That's interesting, huh? I gotta watch it again. I, again, don't, don't pin these reviews to my chest, because I'm gonna reevaluate them on a second viewing. I feel a little stronger about Spider-Man Homecoming, though, because it, that viewing went a little better with the kids. But I gotta say, this movie is pretty... I'm pretty surprised that as many people are liking it as are liking it, and the reviews and everything. This is the second worst Spider-Man movie, in my opinion. I would put this just above The Amazing Spider-Man 2. And even that's being kind of kind, I think. Ooh. I did not care for this. It, I mean, all of the things I expected to not like, I liked. And all of the things I was blindsided by that I didn't like. And there was a lot. It's so vanilla. Holy crap, is it vanilla. And just generic. Just... Here's a villain, and here's a hero, and crash, 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 the end. I, I just didn't think it brought a whole lot to the table. There were a lot of awkward interactions, of teen interactions. You know, he's back in high school, and that's fine. I, I can deal with that. That's okay. Parker has always been a kid in the, in the comics, or for the bulk of them. So that's, you know, I don't have any issue with that. It just, it just did not click with me. Um, it's... Uh, jokes and comedy and isn't it awkward to be a teenager and uh, like okay let's go there's just it just didn't feel like there were a whole lot of stakes here i thought that the trailers for this movie blew the biggest moments of the movie like oh, why, really? why why did i see that and that and that none of that should have been in the trailer that would have had so much more impact but when it gets to the that part and you're like oh this is a big moment of the movie and i already know it's going to happen because it they showed it in the trailer that's... You know what I mean? I, uh, um, so, yeah, I'm gonna... It's me. It, it's it, These are my Black Glove slasher movies for you. I, I'm yeah. totally gonna watch these movies again, and this time I'm gonna watch them by myself in my office where I can focus on them a little more instead of uh, running after the kids. Yeah. And really double-check the... Uh, if I was just having an off night or whatnot. I, I will say, though, I did like Guardians of the Galaxy 2. I just didn't... I gave the first one a 10, and I almost never give movies 10s on first watches. Like, I mean, never. Like, it's happened twice, uh, or maybe three times. But the first one, I did give that thing a 10. And then I watched it again, and was like, nope, standing by that. And so, my expectations were high for the, uh, the sequel. And eh, it's still... I, I think I probably would have gave it, like, a, it's that's been two months or more since I watched it. I, I probably would give it a... Seven or an eight. It's still a, a solid That's score. A solid I, I just, yeah. yeah, I just didn't think it was as good. But uh, I'm going to watch it again, and I'm sure that that will probably change. Uh, we'll see. Yeah. Spider-Man, though. Spider-Man, I'm curious. Was it, did it have a long runtime, or was it, was it kind of your typical Marvel hour, or like two hour, 20 minute long? I don't, I'm not even sure. I don't even remember how long it was. Okay. I just, uh, Tony Stark keeps showing up, and... Uh, they completely changed the powers of the villain. Why does he get a pass for that? Why does this movie get a pass for that? 
every other time that they do that in a comic book movie, the nerds freak out. But when that happens in a Spider-Man movie, they're like, meh. Like, sure, he's the vulture and he can fly around, but his powers had nothing in relation to the character at all that I know of. So I don't know why that is okay in this movie, but not in others. Eh, whatever. <laughs> I'm not going to start bitching about that old shit. Was there end credits zingers? I'm sure probably two or three of them. Oh, probably. I, I <laughs> by by that point, I was drinking. I was yep. like, "This, I can't." I, like, I was shocked, dude. I really yeah. was. I expected this to be a really rock solid. Good yeah, Spider Man's back at Marvel. Yes, they're gonna do it right. And every like the character stuff was fine. It's just everything around the filmmaking. I'm why? Why did you give away all the biggest parts? Why did you change this villain so much? And I mean, everything around Parker was okay. Why is Aunt May so young and hot? This is weird. And oh, yeah, yeah. Tony Stark making jokes about her being hot, and it's like, <sighs> all right. Now, yes. would you, with all the other Marvel, more recent or Marvel movies from uh, from Iron Man on, where would this fall? Because if you're, if you're saying this is the second worst Spider-Man movie, I would guess that this might be dead last for you for Marvel. Uh, that's a good question, because the, the other ones weren't Marvel. Yeah, I know. Like, if you put this in the Marvel canon, I mean, like... uh, when I'm I'm saying it's that low, I still like it. I still yeah. enjoy it because it's it's this is comic books. It's my shit. I, I can't help but not like this. It's not Catwoman. It's mm. like Iron Man, a little below Iron Man two and three and Thor two and they. I I I've have said many times. I other than Captain America. They can't seem to make a good sequel, in my opinion. Yeah. All of their movies with two behind them, I don't like, except for the Captain America ones. Which, I mean, that improved an already good movie. Part two was fantastic. Yeah, one of the best. Like, that one in Guardians of the Galaxy, the first one, those are my top two Marvel. Yeah, I actually might agree there. that Because uh, I think uh, Captain America Winter Soldier was the best Marvel movie yet. So It was yeah. disappointing. Yeah. But that's too bad, and that's one that I, because my wife and I am too. I'm a, I, I love these movies, uh, but my wife really, really likes these movies. So I am sure that eventually we will get around to watching Spider Man. But that is one where I, I was never overwhelmed by the trailers. I'm like, oh, it looks pretty good. But I, I was never like, we, we have to get a babysitter. We have to see Spider Man. Yeah, I wasn't either because I thought that the trailers gave away too many action scenes. But I was, I was excited that they were going to do the. Um, I mean, it was a, a full movie of the Spider-Man from Civil War, which I was like, that was great. Uh, I mean, that was a great version of Spider-Man. Yeah. Other parts of that movie, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, there's those two. I, they're on my voodoo. You're welcome to watch them okay. whenever you want. Excellent. Okay, let's j- uh, jump ahead a little bit, and I'm going to bypass just a couple Hammer movies. Uh, let's talk. Let's keep talking comic book. Movies. Right. Let's let's discuss Justice League. Uh, oh boy! Here, here we, we go. go. So I had a chance to watch this movie in the theaters with my wife. We originally had planned to go to just everything is about timing with kids and babysitters and all that stuff. And I'm like, you know what? Um, I don't really want to watch Justice League in 3D. And uh, Thor Ragnarok starts at literally the exact same time in non 3D. Let's go watch that. It's going to be cheaper. It's going to be... It, that's fine. They're going to both let out at the same time. We can go grab some stuff. Anyway, so we get to the theater, and Thor is sold out, which means it's in the smallest theater. 
I, or, I, it uh, also has it's been making bank too. I'm surprised yeah. even the small theater selling that out this long after release. That's impressive. Yeah, I was like, wow, okay. Um, and I feared that everybody was going to go to see Coco. I thought that well, all of these cars must be here for Coco and probably some holdover for Justice League. But yeah, Thor was sold out. So obviously we were like, well, no, no worries. Let's go check out Justice League. Um, first off, I will say the 3D is, and maybe I'm just done with 3D, but. Wow, was that unnecessary and nothing but an added $2 per ticket and everything was a little bit darker. There was a couple depth things, but there was nothing that I remember that was like really cool, like say something like Ghostbusters last year. That had some genuinely great 3D effects that shit's popping out of the screen and it's great depth and all that. Nothing here. This was no. Um, getting past that, uh, I really liked this movie. Uh, from start to finish, never bored to the, to the movie's almost fault because there needs to be a longer version of this, much like Batman vs. Superman. And there was on Blu-ray, which I definitely liked more than the theatrical version. I did think this was a bit more streamlined than that. Like it made a little bit more sense than the theatrical version of BVS. Um, if this would be the only version that there would ever be of this movie, I would be tickled with it. I great action, some good comedy bits, but it still has a DC feel to it, which I like. I, I like that. Um, liked all the characters. I thought the Flash was funny. Uh, I, I do think that I, I I'm guessing there is going to be a Flash movie and a uh, an Aquaman movie, but they those the characters, Aquaman movie is already done filming. Okay, they need to be fleshed out more because I like those characters a lot, and and Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman is great, and she had her own movie, which is to me that's the best DC movie thus far. Uh, well, Man of Steel is pretty damn good too, but they're, they're right up there. There's yeah. not one, the only, the only DC movie right now that I'm like, meh, it was okay is, uh, Suicide Squad. Uh, it was watchable. I'll probably watch it again sometime, but I'm not rushing out to see it. But this one here, I can't wait to watch this one again at home when it comes out on Blu-ray. I had a blast with it. It was, I, Superman kicked ass in it. Everybody has their moment. And for a two hour runtime, I like that everybody does have their moment in it. Um, the villain, I thought the villain was cool. I, I would take this villain way over generic CGI villain in, uh, Suicide Squad. I don't even, was it a lady thing? I don't even remember, but uh, yeah. yeah. This, or, or even the latest X-Men movie. I'm like, ah, okay. It's just a big, well, th- those, those villains weren't CGI, but their machinations were. She had a big light in the sky thing that she was making. That was a big CGI. That was the threat, but yeah, I get yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. But I liked, I liked his character, this, this baddie's character, and he lays waste to Wonder Woman's, uh, and I'm not up on the lingo, but her, her, little, yeah, her, her little island. Yeah. Uh, he, that chase scene was unreal. That was so great. <laughs> it was so great. The, all the action beats were great in the movie. I, Man, I thought the team works good together. I like how the movie kind of ended with, ah, more of things to come. Here's, you know, there, there was a stinger halfway through that I got a kick out of. It was funny. I didn't stay through the, all of the end credits because we were hungry. Uh, but uh, I got to say, this was a every bit as good as all of the recent Marvel stuff that I've watched. And as far as comic book movies go, man, this is this will be on my shelf for sure in whatever iteration comes out on Blu-ray. And I hope that they're, they do... Uh, Zack Snyder cut. I, I do I too. That would be great to have both com- both versions to compare. And you know what? I just found out recently that I didn't know there exists a 
oh, three-plus-hour cut of Richard Donner's Superman the movie, the first one. Hmm. That apparently was on TV at some point or something, and, and people want to see, and I think it's getting a release. Oh, that's cool. It's cool, but it also shows a long history of WB meddling with these movies. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, yeah. come on. Let, and, and I, you know what? This cut's great, and you'll be able to sell it, and it's, despite all of the wonderful clickbait that loves to say this movie isn't making any money, yeah, domestically it's not making money, but it's still making money hand over fist worldwide to the point where I think it's going to be all right. I'm not saying it's going to be a monster success for WB, but they're they're not crying in their coffers, yeah. right? Yeah. Um I I do hope that I it all for me it all depends on how far along that Zack Snyder cut was. Are the effects finished? Yeah. Cuz if the effects were finished, then they can release that and it's not a big deal. But if the effects weren't finished, then that becomes a problem. Yeah. So I, I don't. Mm. Yeah, I can't answer that question. What about the uh, the score? Because as I'm guessing, you know that the score was changed. Yes, uh, it was a different. It was. It went from a junkie XL, I think it was, who did BVS score, to this uh, Danny Elfman score, which that was, was fine. fine. I it was, it was good. fine, but it wasn't memorable. No, it wasn't memorable. Uh, and I, now I'm going to jump to Marvel. And you, I think you posted a video once on Facebook a while ago. I mean, that is the. I, I think of that every time I watch a superhero movie now, and it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's forgettable. It's completely forgettable, unless you're Christopher Nolan's The Dark Knight. That's not for that's that is awesome. I love yeah. that. Uh, but do big scores that uh, are memorable. You know, I, I I think that the score for uh, Justice League was fine, but I am interested to see what Zack Snyder's take on it was. Or the Junkie XL. But uh, anyway, uh, I just hope that there is two versions released on Blu-ray. I will be happy with either or, but yeah, I, you know what? Haters be damned. I thought this was a good movie. I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. And, and the more time that I had to process it, because our last recording, it was like hours after I watched it. Yeah. That moment where they're... Uh, I won't spoil it. They're, they're dealing with Superman... And he looks at the Flash while the Flash is in the Speed Force. That was so great. Oh, that, that was so funny. The face that he makes, that is my favorite moment of that entire film. Yeah. Where he's just like... <laughs> yes. I, yeah. I fucked up. Yeah. I fucked up. <laughs> right after the movie, we went to a Middle Eastern restaurant, right real close to the theater, and we just... We chowed down on uh, fantastic food, and I just it for some reason that we talked about the movie pretty much the entire meal, and it made the movie even better. We're eating good food, and just like damn, that was a fun movie. I like, like the acting, and Wonder Woman was of course great in it, and everybody had a good, uh, you know, a good action beat. My wife, one of her favorite, if not her favorite parts, were was when uh, Aquaman grabs a bottle of booze, walks out, and <laughs> white him. stripes is playing, is chugging it, and is kind of like I'm I'm a badass, and jumps yeah. in the water. That was great. <laughs> So. Uh, yeah, uh, um, I liked, what was the other thing I was going to say? Oh, another thing that is, is interesting uh, of, like, can you tell where the Whedon filmed parts were and where the Snyder parts were? For example, in the opening thing with Wonder Woman, when she's doing her fast motion to protect the crowd of people from the bullets. Yeah. Bing, 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 and it looks so real. And then they never do anything like that again. And then there are other there are other actiony moments where it looks super CGI'd, and it's like, wh why is that? I feel like 
it was late production reshoots that they didn't have time to get those looking right, or Snyder is just so good at shooting action that he knows all the tricks to get that done right. I'm just speculating, and I'm not trying to, again, blame Joss Whedon, because I don't know. Yeah. I just, from the layman's perspective, or from uh, us dorks just, that just don't know, I look at these things and I go, that feels like a Whedon thing. And I don't much care for it. Or that feels like a Whedon cut or a line. And I'm like, eh. Yeah. 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 In the third act when they're fighting that guy and somebody gets punched down to the ground and they crash and then they make a joke. I'm like, eh. Now I'm not really feeling like that afraid of this guy. Uh, you've reminded me it's a comic book movie and the heroes are going to win. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And but, that's what I liked about Man, uh, Man of Steel and some of the, and some of the other DC movies is, is that darker tone. I, I like that. I gravitate towards, I gravitate towards the dark. <laughs> uh, uh, me too, but I, I don't want all my comic book movies to be that way. Yeah. Just, but let some of them be that way. They don't all have to be the same. Yeah. I agree. I know that Marvel is making, you know, money hand over fist, but it doesn't, you know, I know that the bean counters in Hollywood are like, well, let's do, let's do that. But man, down the road, like the longevity of these movies, the shelf life, it's like, I want something that I can watch years from now. And it's like, ah, that's like the Dark Knight is a great example. Like the, the Nolan trilogy, like those are going to have great long shelf life, I think. And yeah. just don't just make something generic and you know, same as, which I even Justice League, I don't think is same as, but it has definite, there are comic beats in it where you didn't have to do that. But again, still liked the movie. Good time at the theater. Yeah. And I feel like, well, and I've said it before, um, I'll take a swing over a cookie cutter. Yeah. So anyway, I big thumbs up. I know that we've talked about Justice League for, you know, this show and last episode, but, uh, I, I do enjoy talking about these movies, and I'm glad that I was able to see this one in the theater. It was definitely worthy of a theatrical experience. So, there you go. Back to you. Sweet. I'm glad you liked it. Okay. Now, another doubleheader summer movies. But I'm going to do this one in a way that I've never done reviews before. And that is, I'm going to review two movies with the same review, and I'm not going to give you the title of the movies until I'm done. Ha! Both of these movies are sequels to long-running franchises. And I've enjoyed them, even though they're kind of considered cheesy and goofy and whatever. But nonetheless, they still always tend to make around a billion dollars. Uh, you... I, no, you've watched all of them, too. No, you haven't watched all of them. But pretty close. Okay. We both share the opinion that the entry that was one or two or three ago, was one of the best ever. But they've been on the decline. Even though they're still enjoyable, they've been on the decline. So I didn't have high hopes for either of these two movies. And I'm shocked to report that both of these movies were a definite step up for the series. And in the case of one, I would say, might tie my favorite entry of the series. So... These are my reviews for The Fate of the Furious and Transformers The Last Night. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, the Fate of the Furious, I did not have high expectations for. I, I think it's the only one I haven't seen in theater. No, it's not the only one I haven't seen in theaters, but of the last few, it's the only one I haven't seen in theaters. And I know that you kind of stopped watching them, but I thought the trailer gave away way too much. Turns out 
it didn't really matter. And I was kind of wrong because this movie was a blast. I had a ton of fun with this movie. It's hilarious. And the action works great. It, it was really enjoyable. I dug the hell out of this movie. It's like, we both agree that five is the best of the series. And then six was a bit stepped down. I think that was the long runway one. Yes. And then I never watched the Paul Walker's last performance one. Seven was good. I think it was a, about the same as six because it had pros and cons, whatever of ridiculousness. Eight, for some reason, feels like it, it, it definitely is ridiculous and over the top the way that you want a Fast and Furious movie to be. But it was more like five where it's, they know they're doing it and it's tons of fun and it's, and it just, it was great. I had, I couldn't believe by the end of this movie, I was shocked. I was like, this is so awesome. I love this. There were several parts where I was crying. I was laughing so hard. Crying. I was laughing at, at this bullshit. I, I, I had so much fun with this movie. Uh, um, total thumbs up. And I, I mean, it's pushing five. Like it's right no kidding. there. Uh, yeah. So you might want to reconsider going back and, and, Filling out the rest of the that series. Yeah. Now, question: um, Which version did you watch? I know that there's an extended version, and uh, I was able to. You gave me the code, the Voodoo code, and I got it to work. But it's the rated oh, you version. Did. Yeah. Good. Um, watch the theatrical. Uh, okay. The extended cut is only like five or eight minutes longer, and it totally stood out which parts those were, and they did not need to be in the movie. Okay. They could. They. It was jokey stuff where. I, I, they were even poorly edited back in. Like oh, were, really? Okay. Yeah. So uh, you, you're fine with just watching the theatrical. Okay. It's still going to be 220. Okay. And next question is, do I need to watch the Paul Walker's last performance one before yeah, this? Yeah, you should. Okay. Yep. And and that's not a bad thing. They're, they're still enjoyable movies. Okay. You should You should go watch five, start from five and watch them that way. Five, six, seven, eight. Because and the five is the bank heist one, right? Yes, that's the one in, that in is, Brazil. Yes, that's by far my favorite Fast and the Furious movie thus far. And that's that's why you should start there. Because it gets you right back into the world, and it, it, it they have a total reset of their universe with five, I think. Yep. Uh, it's great. Okay, cool. That's good to hear. I'm, ac- I'm actually genuinely surprised. I figured that this was going to be, your review was going to be, up. Oh, it's more of the same, I'm bored with this now. No, it's not. I thought it was a step up from seven. I, 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 while I was watching it, shitting and grin going, I can't wait to watch this again. This is great. Nice. <laughs> uh, now, Transformers The Last Night, I'm not giving that much high praise to. But what I'm going to say is piggybacking off of our previous reviews of the, whatever the last one was called, the final extinction or some, I don't even know what yeah. it was called. The dinosaur but, one. Yeah. But you and I both thought that it was entertaining. It was yeah. okay, right? Yeah. It wasn't yeah, bad. It's was fine. I think this one's better than that one. Okay. I think this one might be better than the last two or three. Really? Well, last two. Let's uh, let's let's go. The, let's keep it safe because I haven't watched them in a while. I, again, I'm watching this movie and I'm going, "Yeah, Transformers, Michael Bay, blow shit up." I get it. Jokes, ha ha ha. And then I'm like, "Actually, that was funny. Actually, that joke worked. Um, actually, this action scene is amazing. I liked this movie. I, I, I it's." hilarious in all the right parts and it's i'm not going to give this one huge praise like fast eight i'm not saying that this one's a seven or an eight it's still a transformers movie at the end of the day and michael bay blows shit up and over sexualizes females and does all his michael bay type things yeah 
But yeah. I think if you liked the last one with the dinosaurs, I think you'll like this one better. Yeah. And that was with Mark Wahlberg, right? The last one? It is. And the yeah. funniest part of all this is that he is, the, uh, oh, spoiler for Transformers. He is the, he is the Neo of, of these movies now. Oh, he, wow. he is the last night, Eugene. But he's done, right? I thought that he was done. <laughs> Maybe. With... I don't know. Who cares? But yeah. in this movie in particular, he is the chosen one. He Ugh. is the Neo. Of course And that he is. shit is so funny by the time you get to the third act, because it's still, what's going on here? Yeah. Marky Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> yeah. And oh, Lord, that just makes me laugh. <sighs> but the one thing that you can't deny that like that um, keeps you and me involved in these movies, because we have our triggers... Um, this is a 100% total workout for your audio visual home mm-hmm. theater system. They all the have audio, been. Like the audio on this thing is unbelievable, unbelievable. And the special effects are eye popping. They're just crazy good. Like, how did you do that? Um, for the, for that alone, it's, you'll be fine. Yeah. Be fine. Here's the thing. I own every single transformer. Transformers movie, except this latest one on Blu-ray. And I've watched all of them. Well, uh, I think the last one with Mark Wahlberg, I've only watched once, but uh, I think all the Me other too. ones I've watched at least twice. Uh, I think the first one I watched the most. Actually, part parts, I think part two I watched three times. I, I, yeah, and I have my gripes with them, but I have come to, they're okay. They're, they're all, they all have their pros and cons. And yeah, I thought the last one, I, my expectations were low enough for the last one that I'm like, eh, it's what it is. It's, it's I've only cool watched cars. That, that dude. The cars in this one, holy shit! And I've only watched that that fourth one with the dinosaurs once. And I, man, but just because we our reviews were so similar, I liked this one better. And I feel like you will too. I probably will then. I, yeah, the, the last one was it was fine for what it was. Mm-hmm. I I had a good time with it or good enough. In fact, I remember why, during during it, you know, while I was watching, I'm like, I'm. I'm liking this. And the minute it was done, I'm like, wait, what? Um, oh, oh, you'll have that with this movie too. It's the same glassy eyed effect when they're talking plot. And then you get to halfway to the third act. Of the, we got to go here and do this. And you're like, wait, what now? Why? Why again? Yeah. It's not necessarily yeah. because they didn't tell you. It's because you weren't paying attention. And Anthony Hopkins, hilarious in this movie. To see him be an angry old bitterman who's flipping people off driving down the road. Hilarious. I, I, it kills me. And he's got this like, uh, C-3PO ninja robot sidekick that is like the, the smart-ass one in Rogue One. Oh, yeah. He steals the show because he's just a mouthy bastard. And it's so funny. Like, it just killed me. It just killed me. And I think that that humor will work on you as well. Because Good. he's just a jackass. <laughs> nice. That's... That's... I, I'll watch it eventually. I'll watch all of those. And I don't know why I just... I think because of the circumstances around Paul Walker's death and his, how I knew that there was going to be some emotional scenes in that movie, uh, and, and how I thought that the previous one with the runway, I'm like, oh, that's, that's, uh, it was, it was good enough, I guess, but meh, I just kind of lost interest in that series because of those things, but I'm sure eventually I'll watch them. I have the, the one that I have, both of the ones I haven't seen. I, I've got them on voodoo. I just haven't had a huge, you know, desire to hit play on those two and a half hour long. Yeah. It's a fair point because we're, we're both not that up for the teary thing. Let me tell you, I've watched part seven, uh, at least twice now. And the end where it gets me emotional is my favorite part of the movie. 
No, really? It's in a, it's in a, it's in such a positive way that I, that they handled it that I can't help but love it. And they mentioned Paul Walker in eight. They say, I don't even, what's his name? Would Brian would know what to do? And it's like, they're like, no, we are, no, he is out. Mia's out. They're out. Let him be out. Okay. Because it's good that they at least mention it because that's realistic. Yeah. This kind of. Yeah, are they going to keep on wanting... anything realistic yeah. in a Fast and Furious movie? It's fucking retarded. Yeah, submarines <laughs> coming up through the water, cars leaping over oh, it. it was and... gr- oh, it's so dumb. The, the, some of that shit is so dumb. The, the subs are keeping up with Lamborghinis. Oh, of course. Like, you, you just... I, I was smiling so big that I just put all of that... Whatever. I, I, I was seeing all of it. I just did not give a shit. I was yeah. having so much fun with that movie. Oh, boy. That, that gets me... Uh, that might be the kick in the pants to... to to catch up with that series. Cause back in the day, man, it was like whenever there was a new one coming out, I'm like, Oh, I can't wait for the net, for the next fast and furious movie. And, uh, yeah, yeah, I am. I know. But, but I think, I think they're hoping to do 10 total. Whew, uh, wow. Oh, uh, no, they, I heard spinoffs. Maybe. Well, that might be the, the, yeah, that might be a problem because the, uh, what's his name? Shit. I can't remember his name. Oh, he's the funniest guy in these movies. Ludacris? Ty- Tyrese Gibson. He oh, said yeah. that he's really mad that there's going to be a spinoff movie with The Rock and Jason Statham. And that's going to delay Fast and Furious 9. And he's in some big custody dispute to get his daughter. So he's got a lot of problems. And, and he said that he wouldn't be in it if they don't delay that movie. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I really hope that Tyrese Gibson is in it because he's the funniest damn thing in this movie. Which reminds me of something else I wanted to add to this review. I did not want to miss. Uh, at one point, The Rock is in jail with Jason Statham, and they hate each other because of the last couple of movies. That You might not be up I, on that. Yeah, I'm not up on that yet. Uh, they've had war with each other, big time. And now they're in the same jail cell, and they just talk shit. Like they're, all they talk is how they're going to beat each other's ass, and it's hilarious. And... Uh, then there is a fight in the prison. And this fight in the prison is... Oh, I had a great comparison for it. Uh, do you remember when, at the end of Batman v Superman, Batman just literally destroys, like, 20 dudes in a warehouse? Yes, I do. Oh, that was a great scene. The Rock in that, and Jason Statham in that prison sequence, is like that, but it feels like five times as long, and it never once loses the power. It, it's ridiculous it's totally unrealistic but the the weight that they add to their hits and just the rock is invincible he's a superhero at this point i mean he he's taken shotgun beanbag things like ow and then just (laughs) you know it's so funny but the actual fighting that goes on in that scene was worth the ticket price alone ah and which one was that was that the most recent one yeah okay yeah that was this part eight well, shit. Now I'm, I mean, that's, now I'm like, should I start one of those tonight? Because <laughs> oh, his yeah. wife and I are starting to get into the Christmas movie mode. <laughs> I mean, the stacks of Blu-rays are now being pulled out and onto the, his stack, her stack. His stack is horror and raunchy comedy. Her stack is Elf, Christmas Vacation, and the like, you know. So oh, yeah. Like, we uh, put up the Christmas tree the other night and the wife said, let's watch Elf. And I said, now look, I'm only <laughs> doing this once. I'm not doing this again at Christmas time. 
all right, it'll be fine. Watch with the kids. We got halfway through it, and she's like, just turn it off. I can't even hear the movie. I'm like, welcome to my world where I'm trying to watch Guardians and Spider-Man. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So that means you are going to watch Elf later on. Well, the second half of it. Okay. Oh, so you're not gonna you're not gonna start over. We better not. It's like her favorite. It's her favorite movie, and it is very funny. But yeah, come on. Yeah. No, actually, it's no Silent Night, Deadly Night. No, it is not. It is not. Speaking of which, I believe my Scream Factory Blu-ray and figure and poster shipped because I bought that. You bought the big one. I did. Yep. I knew it. I yep. have faith in you. Oh, that was one of those where it's like, it's 11 o'clock. I'm almost asleep. But what could I buy that I shouldn't? <laughs> ah, how's but a little action figure? Sure. $65. <laughs> done. <laughs> I knew I knew you had it in you. Oh, and, I just and, and, knew it. Yeah, little Billy, he's going to go right up beside Leatherface, Jason, and Scream Mask guy, or Phantom whatever guy that you've got me already. Or... Maybe you could buy the, the like, let that one come and then keep it sealed and Ooh. buy the lowest release to yes. watch. I will say this, that that I know that seems like a lot of money, and it is. Um, that will not, I'm guessing, that won't decrease in value. Those things, those collectible items like that generally keep their value or go up in value, uh, at least from what I'm seeing with some of the other Scream Factory releases and their posters that they do. Uh, those posters get to be really, really hard to get your hands on. And they yeah. go for a lot of money. So, like, well, at the very least, not that I'll ever sell it, but, I, you know, I in my mind, I'm knowing, ah, I can probably make my money back that I never will, but I could <laughs> if I want. Ah, screw that. It's one of your favorite movies. Who gives it a is, it's, it is. It's like, I, would, I don't think I would do this with any other movie. Literally any other movie, even if Texas Chainsaw Massacre would be released again, and it would be a so full of shit right now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm really trying to justify that sixty-five dollars because it's a lot of money for an action figure and a poster, but it's Silent Night, Deadly Night. It's Billy. It's Billy. (sighs) Yeah, until part two gets released, and then well, now I have to have Ricky. Now I have to have Ricky's little Santa Claus get up and garbage day. Fantastic. Yeah. Do you want to yeah. review anything else? Um, one more, and then I'll be done. All right. Uh, actually, I have several, but uh, well, God, my goodness, I've watched some weird, weird shit lately. Um, <laughs> I finished up a movie this morning called Night Angel, and it's one that I started last night. I believe I texted you. I said, I'm watching a Skinamax-type movie. Um, I don't remember. Okay, well, I watched a Skinamax-type movie called Night Angel, and uh, this one here uh, has effects by Steve Johnson. Can be effects, so that's a that's a plus. Okay, um, you have to see this movie. It is <laughs> the epitome of late night Skinamax trash with really bad acting in the early '90s. But then, like every effects scene is like like movie theater quality, like really great practical effects, and it so doesn't go together, which makes it enjoyable. Like it's it's a so bad it's good movie. Like the the storyline is just awful and the everything about it is so bad early nineties, but there's so much gore in it and TNA and it's just such a bonkers weird movie that that gets a thumbs up. Does it count as a horror? Yeah, oh very much so. Yes. October twenty eighteen, yeah. sir. Yep. And it's <laughs> one that you you'll be like, Yep, that's trash, but that's that's good trash. <laughs> You know, okay, and then uh, last but not least is a movie f- 
called The Devil's Reign. This is from 1975. Uh, get another one that got the remaster, you know, all that, whatever. Uh, gonna... Rain, R-E-I-G-N? No, it's The Devil's Reign, R-A-I-N. And it literally is about the devil's reign, like rain from the clouds. That um, is so... Huh? <laughs> I know, oh, I know, and it's not red or anything like that. It's it's just a nice drizzle. Uh, <laughs> um, Ernest Go Borgnine's on. in it. Um, so is William Shatner. Uh, Tom Skerritt's in it, and somewhere in there, I didn't, I didn't see him, but somewhere in there, John Travolta is in this movie as well, and Anton Lavey, uh, because he endorsed the movie. You know Anton LaVey, the... Uh, something with the Church of Satan or something? Yes, yes, yeah. it was. And and all of that said, it's like, ooh, this is a Satan movie. It's it's one of those where you're like, yeah, anyway, right. It's not Exorcist, it's... it's Or even Omen, it's overtly trying to be evil, and in doing so, it's like, this is really cheesy. Uh, but having said that, Ernest Borgnine with a pig face type thing and stupid, ridiculous horns. I'm like, yeah, it's kind of cool. I like that, kind of. Um, <laughs> William Shatner in a cowboy hat, and, and he's shirtless, and they have him strung up because of a old curse, maybe. It, none of it makes sense. Tom Skerritt is is trying to... If His brother is uh, is William Shatner, because why? They <laughs> they look the same, you see. Uh-huh. They're twins, um, practically. And they're, they all converge in this little church in the middle of the desert, why, I don't know, but all I know is it starts to rain in the end. And everybody melts. And I'm like, this is... Is this, a, is this like supposed to... I'm trying to figure out the title. Is it supposed to be a metaphor for acid rain from the 70s or, or global warming or something like that? Maybe. <laughs> Just maybe <laughs> something. All I know is that there's a book and William Shatner and it starts to rain in the end. And much, uh, well, much like Evil Dead remake, uh, all hell breaks loose when that happens. But... The effects are so gross in this movie, like, towards the end. I'm like, how did you do that? Like, that's genuinely impressive for a mid-70s occult movie. Like, they melt. And it's... uh, We're talking, like, lots of pus and lots of... Raiders. Yeah. Uh, It's similar to that. Yeah. And it's just really freaking gross. And I loved it. Uh, In fact, a couple scenes, I'm like, yeah, I gotta rewind that. That's... Ooh, now we've got... Now we've got... Like slimy Play-Doh dripping out of eyes or something, and uh, but what the movie is about, I don't know. Uh, but <laughs> I'll watch rain. that one again for sure. Um, and and the, I love the cover. Heaven help us all when the devils reign, and even that, huh? Heaven yeah, help us all when it the, devil's like rain? the devils reign, like the devil apostrophe s reign, like R E I G N. I something. It's something. This. <laughs> William Shatner in cowboy boots and a cowboy hat and uh That's all I need. And pussing in the eyes and <laughs> Yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed it. <laughs> and right, that's uh, all for me. <laughs> Coming soon. Um, <laughs> um well I'm uh, due for another rewatch of Dracula Prince of Darkness because I've been tearing through these Dracula movies again, so I'm gonna do that. And I did finally get Species 3 and 4 on Blu-ray, which will, I'm sure, not be good, but I'm going to watch them. Have you seen them? Uh, I believe I watched them both, but I remember not one single thing about either of them. I remember 3 being okay direct-to-video-ish, and 4 being just awful. That's about right. 
Yeah. I think. I But I couldn't tell you a single thing about 4. I just remember a moment in 3 where... Uh, there, it start, I think it starts off with a lecture in a college where a, a guy is saying that even viruses deserve to live because they are a form of life. And then a student questions, are you sure about that? And then afterwards, another student comes up to him and goes, you speciest. Oh, you speciest. Okay. Yes, yes he's speciest. Oh, that's clever and things. <laughs> um, I thought that was an... I, well, I thought... At first I was had that reaction like, yeah, you're clever. But then I was like, it's actually interesting. Especially when you're debating when life begins and all that. Yeah. What else you got coming soon? um, Also a couple other, a couple other hammer movies that are being shipped from the UK. There's every now and then it's like this company does a, a studio canal does a big clump of hammer movies. And it, it's, there's, Long periods where they don't, but then then they release like five of them. Um, but I ordered Demons of the Mind and Blood from the Mummy's Tomb, and I cannot wait to watch those. I've never seen either of them, but I, I can't imagine they're not going to be some some sort of enjoyable for me. And last but not least is Harry Potter in 4K. That's it. What? Harry is Potter that? is getting a remaster. Oh, in Harry 4K. Potter. Yes, I heard Harry my, my stupid <laughs> yeah. Oh, there we go. The dogs and yeah, but. Um, so and I, I enjoy the Blu-rays that I already have, but the first couple supposedly are not the greatest transfers. I've always thought they were okay, but if you know, they were getting a 4K remaster, so yeah, I gotta. Yeah, it's me. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <sighs> That's all right. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, coming soon for me, I will have reviews of War of the Planet of the Apes, which I've already watched. Didn't have nice. time to review. Punisher Season 1 from Marvel, which I already watched, didn't have time to review, and I'm half done with Kong Skull Island. My buddy hooked me up. No kidding. That's some good stuff there. Yeah, my voodoo is loaded. Um, That's why I didn't get to any of the VHS that I Mm. teased last week. Very curious your thoughts on on when you finish up with uh, Kong Skull Island. Oh, I'm halfway through it. So far, it's awesome. Yeah. So. Good. Can't wait to finish. I might finish watching that tonight. We'll see. Uh, Anything else to add for this episode? I think that should do it. Steve, maybe next episode? Yeah, Steve, maybe next episode. And we might be doing a crossover event in December with my buddy TJ. Excellent. Yeah, are we going to do anything like all, like Christmas movies in general? Or are we going to focus on Christmas horror or whatever? Uh, the crossover event with TJ is a Christmas-themed thing. I haven't had a chance to talk to you about it yet. We've been talking behind the scenes, and it's kind of grown, and then all of, all of a sudden it was like, why don't we do a crossover event of the Christmas movies and Eugene and and uh, promote each other's shows and all that kind of usual thing. We've done that before. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, that's cool. I, I, he said he he's single, so he doesn't have the problems that we do with scheduling, so he can hop on whenever we do our thing and... Uh, he's much more flexible than we are. Remember yeah. being single? How flexible we were. Oh, yeah. Those days are done. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah. But uh, if we have one single party, it's much more easier to work them into our complicated schedules. And same with Steve. I think Steve is going to be on with us next week. Good. Uh, at least that's the tentative game plan. Should be fun. Good. All right. And just remember, we still don't give a shit where Jeff Stutzman lives. No, we do not. Very much so. (laughs) Not at all. I'll see you next week. (laughs) Okay, bye. (laughs) Thanks for 
listening.